Hello! Hey guys, it's Arden Cho. This is Seth Gilliam. Hey, this is Holland Roden. My name is Kiahu Kahuanui. Hello, this is Ian Bowen. Hey you guys, this is Melissa Ponzio. I'm Lyndon Ashby. Hey, it's Ronnie Adams. This is Tyler Posey, and you are listening to Not Another. Not Another. Not Another. This is Not Another Team Wolf Podcast. Yes, it is! Oh! <laughs> this is Jeff Davis, and you're listening to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast. I took her out. It was a Friday night. I walk alone to get the feeling right. We started making out, and she took off my pants. But then I turned on the TV. And that's about the time she walked away from me Nobody likes you when you're 23 And I saw more of these my TV shows What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should act my age What's my age again? What's my age again? Hi everyone and welcome to Not Another Team Wolf podcast episode number 89. Today we are going to be talking about Scott McCall and how much we love him. Uh, Natalie wasn't able to join me today but I've got Brooke and Madison here. Say hi guys. Hi. Yay. Brooke's come out of like (laughs) our Tumblr dungeon to join us which is always nice. Nice yes. (laughs) <laughs> and um, Madison has been on the podcast before, but it's been a while. So, Madison, uh, why don't you, like, give them your Twitter name or wherever they can find you online if they want to chat you up about Scott McCall? Oh, heck yeah. Um, you can find me on Tumblr, tacoposy.tumblr.com. You can find me on Twitter at uh, mtoquin. I'm going to have to spell that for you because my last name is, like, French Cajun and no one ever gets it. <laughs> it's mtoquin. A-U-C-O-I-N. Yes. And those are the two main places. Like, I'm all over the place, so just shout my name out a window and you might actually find me. Yay! <laughs> awesome. And as usual, you can find us on Twitter at NATW Podcast. You can email us at natwpodcast at gmail.com. Go to our Tumblr at na... Nope. Go to our Tumblr <laughs> at notanotherteamwolfpodcast.com and find us on Instagram at NATW Podcast. See, Natalie always does the intros, and she's so good at it. I don't even have to think about it, so. Well, I, I will say one thing that, that is really cute that I've noticed. She still says um, NATW, wait, hold on, <laughs> Podcast at Tumblr.com. And it's, you know, now it's just dot .com. Yeah. So, oh, right. I'm always like, it's not that anymore, Natalie. <laughs> Although they can still find us that way. Yeah, 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 he can still find us. I think but. it's just force of habit. Yeah, no, it's just right here. Okay, so let's get right into this, because I'm really excited to talk about Scott. And um, this is basically just one big character analysis. And I actually wrote an article on Hypable.com not that long ago that broke down a lot of what we're going to talk about today, but I wanted to have a big discussion about it, too. So first off, let's just, you know, start off with, Brooke, how big of a fan of Scott are you? Oh, my. Um, (laughs) I, I mean, it's hard to even put into words. 
But uh, Hannah Hall is like everything to me. He's just like he's a he, he in a in a show that I love all the ensemble characters and that they all have something to offer and they're so amazing. I love them all. It's hard to say like it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but if I had to pick a favorite. It would be Scott Mahal. <laughs> so it's like, he is, he's like, I've, I've never had a leading character um, that I really absolutely loved. Like, I've always loved secondary or, you know, third characters in, like, you know, all the big series that, like, so like Harry Potter or, you know, Lee or what have you. I've never been in love, like, with the main character, there's always been something that I really connect to. Um, but like with Hot Mahal, he's just he's the best eye. He's like he's like the, the best average eye you could ever imagine. <laughs> so in sense he's like he's yeah. normal enough to be relatable, but the best kind of dude you could ever hope to find. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Madison, what about you? How much do you love Scott? Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, initially I started Teen Wolf. I didn't start Teen Wolf until the middle of season two. And the reason I started it is because I was a fan of the original Teen Wolf. And when I saw Tyler Posey's Scott McCall, I'm like, who is this little doe-eyed prince that's trying to be Michael J. Fox? <laughs> and so that's where it started. So I started the show, and I have never in my entire life started a show and I've immediately seen a character and been like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I need to mom him. Like, <laughs> he is my child. And, like, watching the show, it's like watching a child grow up. And, like, each episode, he becomes even more relatable. Although I will say I can never actually relate myself to Scott because he's just too amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not that great of a person. <laughs> like, I, I think I'd be more of the style as the sarcastic little shit in the corner whereas Scott McCall's like the person I have hard eyes for like hardcore but he literally is like the personification of the show the good the I love your article how you explain him as like the superhero because we are in a an age of anti-heroes and he is that superhero that you can really grasp onto Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm it's probably good that I'm here to sort of balance this out, because don't get me wrong. I love Scott, but he's not my favorite character. Um, I think what I love most about Scott, though, is not necessarily him as a character specifically or like his sort of born traits. It's his arc over the entire series that really made me fall in love with him, because when we first meet him, you know, and we'll break this down by season. But when we first meet him, he's really innocent. And, you know, like you said, he's sort of doe eyed and he's just an average guy. And then by the end, by the end of season four, to see what kind of person he's become, like it makes me really emotional because that's incredible writing to take mm -hmm. a main character like that and not necessarily have to put him through 
a lot of situations where he, like, his morals are tested, but he doesn't waver. And Mm -hmm. you don't see that a lot on television or in movies. And the fact that they did it so well um, and still makes a lot of people really like him, I think is just fantastic. I was going to say, I think you'll find that, like, as we go through, is that Hart and I have been on a journey. Like, when you start (laughs) out, like, as best friends, like, I was, you know, too taken by, like, Styles is smart at the very beginning, but he is, like, growing into, like, this man that is just so, um, he's just so, somebody you can trust and depend on, mm-hmm. um, so you'll see how, like, I, you know, I wasn't too, like, I wasn't too taken with him at the beginning, but by, like, now, it's just, it's a whole other ball head. Yeah, he has definitely raised the bar for all men in my life. <laughs> like, ooh, sorry, you're not a true alpha. Like, ooh, we're going to talk. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think it's funny because I describe Scott like the one word that comes to mind is the word good, which I hate because good is not very descriptive descriptive it's a very bland word it's like saying oh she's nice you know it doesn't really mean anything it's not specific but he's so he's so good he's so honorable that just through and through that's what I think of when I think of Scott McCall Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I actually just um you know people you brought the whole superhero thing into it and I actually last week just did a paper on the idea of the superhero versus the vigilante which Scott McCall is kind of a mix because you know he brings his own, like, moral standards into the game. For but sure. the biggest difference between superhero and vigilante is always a superhero, they see the value of human life. Mm. And Scott McCall, that is what's always on his oh, mind first. For sure. Yeah, I have to save everybody. I have to protect my friends and my family. That's his biggest, like, it's his biggest gift and his biggest curse, ultimately. And I was going to say, I think that's something that he definitely got from his mom. Oh, you yeah. know, you can tell that, you know, because she's of service and because he loves her so much and they're so close that he sees the value in it. She taught that to him, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Madison, uh, where are you going to school and how can I write superhero <laughs> term papers? <laughs> I'm on. I'm. I'm at the University of New Orleans, and I'm currently in a class called graphic novels. So I have to write a character study on Rorschach from Watchmen and the oh idea of God. the vigilante versus the superhero. Yes, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, that is so amazing! I'm really jealous right now. I would like purposely fail that class just to get in. <laughs> well, the only issue I'm having with it is that everyone in my class is a huge DC fan, and I'm like so Marvel. Oh, oh that's so sad. I'm like so Marvel, it hurts. <laughs> Pretty Marvel, too. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so let's jump right into season one. We already kind of talked about this. Um, basically, it shows Scott being an average guy. He's not, you know, particularly good at school, he's not a great lacrosse player. Um, you know, he's sort of had it tough growing up, but he's not anyone that's like living on the streets or is failing every class. Uh, so he's very average, which is one of the things. Hmm? Did you say living on the streets? Yeah. 
television shows have people living on the streets, but carry on. I just, I was trying to think of a really bad situation. I wouldn't <laughs> want to live on the streets. I don't think anyone would. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See, now I just totally lost my train of thought. I have no idea. No, just, um, <laughs> got my yeah, clock. we got this. Average guy. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you posted a link in here, Brooke. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Um, but the link was mostly just about um how I something I really like about him is you know like I was saying before his relationship with his mom and how he's like he's like this medium superhero character, but he doesn't have to have like the super masculine like um. The super masculine like, viewpoint on the world. He's very nurturing and loving. He works as a, in a vet office. Like he's like, like I, I would think about something like, like Oliver Queen. I would really watch it a whole lot. But like if you think about his superhero compared to hot superhero, uh, it's quite different. Yeah, I really appreciate what it has to offer in that respect. Yeah, and, you know, going through his character arc with season one, I think the the point that really stuck out to me the most was that he was bitten by Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter had nefarious <clears throat> plans for him. Um, you know, he wanted him as part of his pack to become stronger he didn't necessarily care about him it's not like he asked him if he wanted to be a werewolf he just did it and hoped that scott would fall in line well scott didn't fall in line and we definitely saw that by the end of season one where he was able to resist his alpha in order to stay true to himself as a person and um that always stuck out to me through everything and I think that's really the point where you're like wow this kid is just that good that even under the influence of his alpha which we've seen is really difficult to um resist he was still himself and he still saved his friends yeah Peter definitely underestimated Scott as a person oh yeah oh yeah 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 for sure and I think I I think some of the audience members have too oh yeah yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I feel a lot differently about season one's than I do season five. Um, but he's really proven himself. Yeah, Scott has definitely grown into his own. Like, season one, he was very doe-eyed, very Allison, lacrosse, popularity, you know. <laughs> Allison, and then Allison, Allison. <laughs> he realized that with this great power he has comes the great responsibility to use it wisely. Mm-hmm. And that's it almost forced him to grow up, forced him to mature in the ways that he needed to mature in order to protect his town, his family, his friends. And that's where we see Scott McCall flourish. Like he becomes this perfect alpha. I'll, I say perfect, but he does struggle in some areas. <laughs> like I will say that he is a kid. He's a teenager. We have to remember that overall. He's literally in high school. In high school, I couldn't function properly every day. I don't know how he's <laughs> yeah. doing what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and by the end of season one, he doesn't have a pack, but I always sort of saw that as him being better off. I think that he needed to be alone and to realize that he could rely on himself, but especially mm-hmm. being like out of Peter's clutches, I think was the biggest point there for him. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. And... You know, that kind of transitions into season two with the whole being responsible thing, because we have the Canima running around and Scott, you know, a lot of people were sort of whispering things in his ears, especially Derek. And Scott never wanted to kill the Canima. I mean, I think even before he realized who it really was, he was hoping that there was a way to stop it without there being any bloodshed or anything. Mm-hmm. And I I just love how he took up that mantle of, you know, okay, I have this these superpowers and I can do something about this, so that's why I do. And that goes back to our very first episode of this podcast where I was like, if I got powers, I would feel responsible to use yeah. them. And, <laughs> And I always really respected that about Scott. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely one of the things about him that's really, that's really special. And somehow he manages to be really optimistic without yes. without being super, like, sickeningly sweet naive. Like, he is that, you know, these, these are bad, that bad decisions have to be made sometimes, but he's determined that he's not going to be the one to make them, that he's going to find a better way. Um, and that's just that's just really impressive, especially being a teenager and being that, you know, sure of yourself or sure of your friends or, you know, sure of the people around you that, you know, you can find a better way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I, that's what I said before, you know, Scott's biggest issue is his sense of responsibility. It is his gift and it is his curse because in Beacon Hills, people are dying left and right and he can't control that yet. He still feels guilty about it. Yeah. And that becomes a big character complex for him. Like I need to, it's always my fault. It's like the whole, I mean, the Canama, he kept doing it. Like it's my fault. I have to fix this, but come on, yes, Scott, give yourself a little leeway. Like it's not you. But one thing I about Scott is that he never, he, he does bear the weight of, of, like, the world on his shoulders, mm-hmm. but he is willing to, like, let other people help him. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't use it as, like, a way to cut people off or push people away. If anything, he uses it and he brings his friends in and his family and he he's like, yes, let's do it together. You can help me. Like, ultimately, I'm going to protect you, but... I know I can't do this in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was especially true at the end of season two because we saw, I mean, he he basically stopped Gerard, but everybody was there and everybody was fighting. And in the end, Lydia was the one that stopped Jackson and kind of helped him transition from the Canima to a werewolf. And that's the thing with Scott is he doesn't need the spotlight and and even more than that, the writers realize that he doesn't need the spotlight, that this is a very, like, this cast is an ensemble, and that we care about the other main characters and the secondary characters as well, and that it's really nice to let everybody shine. And they've done that a lot over the years with sort of having each season or each section of the season be 
about one of the characters in particular. And I think that just strengthens Scott's role as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And also, like, Scott, he's not, he's not, he wanted popularity in season one. Um, that was something that he really, you know, he really talked about a lot. And, you know, his guys were kind of losers, apparently, um, in some alternate reality. I don't know. Losers <laughs> but life, but okay. Um, but um, he, he isn't, like, a showy person. Like, he doesn't need attention. He doesn't need glory, per se, even though he might enjoy it once he has it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I always liked that he was a little bit of an outsider, not just when we first meet him in the pilot, but continuing on because he ends up having a pack of humans and hunters and, you know, a banshee and sort of a canima. And, you know, it's it's not this perfect little group of like Derek's pack where um, they were all werewolves or even Derek's family where they were all born werewolves and they were literally family through blood. And Scott's never been too worried about fitting in like that Mm -hmm. and making sure that he had, you know, the best werewolf specimens that he could find to be part of his pack so he could be the strongest he could be. It was more like, these are my friends, they are useful to me, yes, but I love and I care for them. Mm-hmm. And that's always been something really different, I think, on television as well as that sort of eclectic group that ended up becoming an actual pack. Oh, yes. Yeah. Scott McCall and his pack of misfit toys. <laughs> <laughs> because they really are. I mean, they all that's how they fit together so perfectly. They all have their faults and they all acknowledge their faults and they all come together and use those faults as powers almost. I mean, I know Lydia doesn't really come in until season three, but she's still kind of, you know, she still helps. She like she, she does the Latin for him. She she's still there. She doesn't know she's there, but she's there. <laughs> and remember, like her Molotov cocktail. Oh yeah, season one. You know, she was there. She was helping. Unknowingly, but <laughs> she was helping. She was helping. And I think that he, I think that first, uh, it's it's about. Um, that he didn't grow up in a horrible family, so it's not like he really, like, has any ties to, like, the old school, like, traditional wolf pack mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, you know, I'm sure he grew up with his mom, and as far as we know, that's the only family he had. Um, and then, obviously, Styles, and then maybe his dad's. Um, so you can say that you know, maybe he really just values family any way he can get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I yeah. guess, I mean, I don't know if y'all have read the Teen Wolf novel. <laughs> yeah. The On Fire. I don't know. I guess that's completely against canon because, you know, his relationship with his dad completely changed because I would say in the novel, Scott McCall did everything to act, you know, not like his father. Yeah. But... In the show, we see him more, like, accepting who his father was. And it took a little bit, but, like, he accepted that his father messed up, but he understands that, hey, he messed up, too. Like, and it was kind of, it was a little messy there, you know, the whole storyline between him and his dad. Because I still don't know where him and his dad are in, like, relationship terms. Like, it's still blurry. 
Yeah, I'm not sure they know. Honestly. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, uh, does his dad live in Beacon Hills right now, or is he just te- like temporarily still staying there because he has a job somewhere else? Well, I know. Hopefully, I, we see it this season. I love I Matthew Del Negro. I, Bring him back. <laughs> I know the actor at some jobs, some other places. So <laughs> I'm not sure what Papa Mahal is. Um, <laughs> where he's up. I would just love to see more interaction because, as y'all said, he was primarily raised by his mother, and you can totally see that in how he interacts with women. He is so respectful towards women. He, like, you never see a moment where you're like, oh, Scott, dang, like, cool it down now. Like, you're kind of a jerk. Like, you never, ever, that never crosses your mind. I don't think it's happened once. No, I, I can't even recall a scene. Maybe with, like, Erica, but, like, Erica was being just as mean to him as he, like, but even then, it was just like, I, I don't think any of it was mean. It was just more him acting off Erica. Yeah, it wasn't sexist or anything. No, then, oh, never. Um, and also, he's very, like, I have said before, like, very nurturing. Like, your, your timeline, um, I think we even talked, you guys talked about in the podcast last week, when, like, he held Lydia's hand. Oh, like, to comfort her, it wasn't, like, a romantic thing. I mean, you know, not that I could tell her, it wasn't implied or anything, but it was just, it was, like, I'm here for you, we're friends, we're comforting each other. It's, like, who does that? I mean, Scott McCall does. We like, all need a friend like Scott McCall. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, we even saw in that one scene in the hospital where he meets a stranger and takes away her pain. Oh, no. You're like, oh my goodness, this boy, how is this, like, what did Melissa McCall do? Like, what is her secret? <laughs> I want to raise all children like this. I know. It just, let's just make Mama Hall, like, Mama, like, responsible for, like, raising all our children. Mm-hmm. She's just amazing at it. Yeah. And, you know, this theme actually takes center stage in season 3A because we find out that Scott is a true alpha, which means that he doesn't have to kill to take the alpha power into himself. And the best part about this little fact, and I know a lot of people didn't like the true alpha sort of twist or storyline because... Um, It was too easy. But to me, I think it's harder because and it it shows you that being good is a strength, which I think a lot of other character arcs don't necessarily go into that. It's always like, you know, I will do what I have to do to get this job done. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Constantine, either you guys or anybody listening, but John Constantine will literally kill his best friend in order to save the world. And in a lot of ways, you know, that is kind of heroic because he's putting many people in front of himself. But at the same time, I feel like Scott would find a way to save his best friend and save the world, which, (laughs) hello, season 3B, he did that. Basically, Um, that was season 3B storyline. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you, Madison, what did you think about the true alpha storyline? Did you like that? I could see, I mean, at first I was a little iffy about it. Like, oh, great, we're thrusting Scott with more power that he doesn't necessarily want. But, like, it fits so perfectly for him because he's been growing so much that he almost deserved it. Like, this was his rite of passage. 
Yay. he finally becomes a man in the scene. Like, you understand that everything he'd been working for, everything he'd been trying to do, like, all the good he'd been spreading, the way he'd been helping with Pac, with Derek, you know, the brotherhood was coming into play, and everything just rounded off to this. And it also gave way to his the ideal of the superhero, because a superhero doesn't kill. And Scott McCall shouldn't have to kill to become even more powerful, because that would almost take away from his character. For sure, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm, and I was like, with Kara and, you know, is that I'm not really for the, um, I guess, the granted powers, um, you know, no, for noble thought or whatever. Like, um, it's really, really hard to pull off without it sounding like cliche. Um, the only other time I really think that I enjoyed it was Buffy. Um, because, you know, Buffy was just the one true slayer and but so, so may it be. Um, so, um, but again, like you said, with Scott, it works. It just, it's, it's who he is. It's a part of his, it's his nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, it's not magic or fairy dust. It's just who he the potential was in him all along. Um, it was his destiny, like right, exactly. And, and it, it's like it was in him all, all along, like genetically or psychologically or in his heart or whatever. And then after he was bitten, it just it had the chance to come out very happy. I don't know. <laughs> right, and I feel like if he hadn't become a werewolf, that would have manifested in another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. It was something that was just inside of him all along. Right. Right. Exactly. This, as a werewolf, it would, we could just see it manifest easier because and, you had something for it to become, which was the true alpha status. Exactly. So you said it much better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I had a second to think about it. <laughs> and, you know, all of this kind of culminates in the fact that Scott didn't kill Gerard and he didn't kill Deucalion. And these were two people that did some pretty horrific things in the end. And, um, you know, once again, he, he doesn't have to do that to become a stronger person. In fact, I think by not doing that, he becomes a stronger person. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think that, uh, his example of not killing um, uh, um I think that that really, like, Derek was kind of on his own journey, but him and Derek sort of made that decision together, and I feel like I encouraged Derek to look inside of himself and to listen to what his mother really wanted, and you know, to be that example. And um, I think they supported each other in that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is like literally a whole nother podcast, but Derek mm-hmm. and Scott ended up coming to that same sort of conclusion by walking two very different paths. I mean, yeah. Derek, Derek yeah. went down the dark road for a little while and he came out and he's walking alongside Scott now, which is really awesome. But yeah, I mean, I love how they did that together, especially. Sometimes I feel like Derek got lost in the woods mm-hmm. and like, Scott brought him a flashlight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, it's, like, it's not that Derek's bad and Scott is, that 
He's like, dude, come with me. This is the way out. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. Like, yeah. Derek yeah, definitely that- just needed a little help along the way. Right, exactly. You just need a flashlight. Come on, dude. <laughs> That's really cute. Now I want to, like, read some fic where, like, <laughs> Scott brings Derek a flashlight and they, like, walk through the woods and... <laughs> and it's this. <laughs> it's a different podcast. Yes, that is definitely a different podcast. Um, okay, so season 3B ended up being the deadliest season and yet Scott didn't go back on his morals. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that his best friend was the quote unquote bad guy. Um, But, you know, everybody was sort of once again whispering in his ear being like, look, we have to end this before something really bad happens. And Scott said, no, I will find a way to save Styles, and I will also find a way to stop the Nagitsune. And I think a lot of other characters would have struggled with that a bit more and would have really wavered, whereas I didn't feel like Scott wavered at all. It was always, yes, I will save Styles, and yes, I will save the rest of, you know, the town. Yeah, there was no what if, no, uh, there was no plan B. It was always save Styles, make sure everyone's okay. Like, there was going to be no other option for Scott. It, it, it makes you wonder sometimes if the if the roles would be reversed if stars would have been like as as um as determined I think it would have been but in a different way um well you can you kind of see that in Motel California the yeah roles do reverse a little bit because yeah. style still becomes like more like determined and focused than ever to like save his best friend and yeah. I think that's kind of that's their thing they kill they if if it happened I think they'd either they'd kill for each other yeah. easy like I have to save this is my brother it's more than just a friend this is my family yeah. like I have to protect him I'm getting emotional <laughs> <laughs> yeah my boy Scott and Styles forever <laughs> exactly <clears throat> Yeah, that's a really good question, though, whether or not Styles would take the same path. I think Styles would allow more casualties than oh, Scott yeah. would. Yeah, that's um, what I was basically getting at. That basically, Styles, his, his morality is a little cloudier than Styles. It's a little darker. Yeah, Scott, Styles doesn't necessarily feel the whole weight of the world on his shoulders as Scott does. Mm-hmm. Styles is very protective of who is around him. Yeah. The people that are in his general vicinity. Like, I have to protect those that I care about. But if it's yeah. someone he doesn't know, I don't see him caring as much as Scott does for yeah. strangers. And, like, I don't know if I'd see him necessarily in a hospital, like, taking pain away from some stranger. Yeah. You're very, very, very right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing no. either. I think yeah. that he's. Yeah. His focus is a bit more specific. I think he's still a good person, but yeah, you're right. He doesn't bear the weight of the world, and he doesn't necessarily... I don't think he feels like he can think that large. That for him, it's more like protecting those close to him. And I, you know, again, completely different podcast, and I I think that we would... um, We'll be doing character analyses on the other main characters while we're waiting for season five to come out, but... 
Styles, I think that has a lot to do with losing his mother. You know, he's very focused on the people close to him. And if that means sacrificing a few people he doesn't know anything about, then, you know, maybe he'll try to avoid it if he can. But if he can't, he's going to probably feel guilty for a little while. And then he's going to get over it because, hey, his friends and family are safe. Yeah, I mean, he was all gung-ho in the pilot to go find a half of a dead body in the woods. Like, I think he's a little questionable morality-wise, but he's also a teenage boy. That's what we always love to forget. These are teenagers. Like, of course they're dumb in certain ways and not as, what's the word I'm looking for, like, well-rounded as an adult should be because they're not adults. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very, very important, too. We forget that. <laughs> I think that's why Scott's like the biggest like oh my gosh this character like because he acts like so much of an adult and yet for the majority of the show he's 16 17 years old like yeah like me at 16 and 17 I was like I don't even think I can keep a hamster alive (laughs) (laughs) my mom barely trusted me like babysitting my siblings like I I could not deal with what Scott McCall or Style, even Styles, I couldn't deal with what either of them go through on a daily basis. There's no way. But I mean, I'm going to say that Scott was more teenagery in season one. Yes. He definitely yeah. was. Like, you know, as obsessed as he was with Allison and kind of sometimes like blow it off people to like hang out with her or, um, you know, just kind of being teenagery and doofy <laughs> as, as teenagers are. Um, but now he's just like, you know, the man. I also read some, I I forget who posted it, but they posted like the whole reason Scott was obsessed with Allison, you know, it happened majority after he was turned and someone made like a whole statement about what if that was him reacting to his anchor and because Allison was his anchor and him not knowing how he, she was constantly on his mind constantly Allison this, Allison that maybe it was kind of a part of the werewolfiness, like the wolf telling him Allison is the most important. Allison is what keeps you human, keeps you sane. And maybe that's why he was more teenage boy towards Allison. But that's just a, that's a way to look at it. It could yeah. just be the teenage boy in him. Because, yeah, that's how teenage boys act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So rather than her sort of becoming his anchor, she was already his anchor. And he was just, like, catching on to it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. That's amazing. I really like that. I got goosebumps when you said that and like <laughs> made me kind of emotional in Miss Allison. Oh. Bring Allison back. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, I've never thought about it that way, but I really like that. And I think I'm just yeah. going to sort of make that my that's head canon now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you have, um, if you can track down the, um, the link to that meta, you should at least have it. So I we can like post it if I can find. I, oh my gosh, it was forever ago. But yes, I will look for it. Cool. And if someone out there is listening to this and it's you who posted that, like definitely speak up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, season four, I think brought. I think it had the potential to bring the most like heartache to Scott, but the writers ended up handling it really well and I think you know it was only a matter of time before Scott got a beta and you know 
I think the best way to do that is for, you know, one werewolf to bite another werewolf because there's more of a connection. It's not just a loyalty thing in terms of like, oh, you're my friend. I've seen you work. I trust you. It's like literally they have a connection through Mm -hmm. the bite. And the fact is that the writers made it so that Scott accidentally bit Liam. And I'm so glad they did this because it allowed them to get this whole story arc with him having his own beta without compromising him and his character. Because for him to just go out and randomly bite somebody, uh, you know. It took away the Peter Hale aspect. Yes, exactly. Even the Garrett Hale aspect. Yeah. True. Yeah. He wasn't exactly cornering girls in hospitals, like, and take the bite. <laughs> and the coolest thing about this is that, um, and Brooke, I think we were talking about this when I was writing my article, and you very specifically said, you know, he writes his wrong. And mm-hmm. I liked that because, yes, it was an accident. But, you know, this was a very big thing that he did to this other human being. And he doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't pass it off onto somebody else. He takes responsibility for his actions and he wants to be Liam's elder. He wants to be his alpha and he wants to lead him. Yeah. Yeah. When we were talking, I was basically, see, the thing is, is that, you know, he bit, you know, he bit Liam and, for, you know, to save him, which is not exactly consent, but it's, in that moment, it's about the best action that you have taken. Um, and then, but, so, but that's, so that's not the part that, you know, had to raise eyebrows. The part that raised eyebrows is when he duct taped him and threw him <laughs> in his bathtub. I think that brought out, like, just how young Scott is. Exactly. Because he's freaked out. <laughs> exactly. And it's such a young person. Oh, I just messed up some <laughs> behavior. Um, and of course, he reaches out to his best friend, uh, who is, you know, also a troublemaker. And, and Styles comes and he's like, dude, you, this is not, this is not good, but I'm here to support you. So, but to me, what, what kind of smooths that over is how he immediately steps up to the plate. And tells Liam that he's not alone and that he doesn't have to feel bad about who he is now and that he's going to be there and he's going to be there for him. Like, you know, it Alpha should. So it all works out in the end. But, um, yeah, this is right around the time we start seeing Scott emulate what Derek had brought in season two. He right. starts repeating lines verbatim that David, <laughs> like Derek had fed him, and it's maybe so yeah, like, like it's maturity. Like him and Derek are closer. He's starting to truly understand what was told to him at one point. Like, yes. okay, maybe Derek wasn't so wrong about this. Maybe it was an easier way of explaining it to someone. And you can see <laughs> Liam almost freaking out just like he did. Yeah, and it's like how we are with our own parents when we're like, oh, yeah. when they're like innocent, like sure, and we're like yeah, 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 and then like. You know, years down the road, we're saying the same thing to our brothers or sisters. And we're like, oh my God, our parents were right. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's uh, in that moment, like, oh shit, Derek was right. <laughs> I honestly, like, when, when he started quoting Derek, I was like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted from you. Yeah. 
Like, you were starting to realize that Derek isn't this big bad guy, this big bad bully. He He's dealing with something just like you are, and Scott's almost starting to feel for him more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Scott's His starting to understand that he isn't an enemy. He's someone he should look to trust. Right. And not even trust, but in some ways, emulate, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think the big thing there, the big lesson that was learned was, like, he maybe he shouldn't be emulating Derek, not because Derek's a bad guy, but because the way that Derek approaches situations isn't going to work for Scott. Because we right. saw Scott feed those lines to Liam, and Liam just like, whoa, now. And yeah. it wasn't working for Scott, because that's not who Scott is. Scott mm-hmm. had to figure out himself to be able to lead Liam in the right direction. And I think that was the best thing Scott could ever do was realize that he had to come into his own before he could help Liam do the same. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Scott's very old. You know, Derek's very like, let me cut your throat out right now. And then I'll ask questions later. <laughs> and Scott's very like, okay, let me figure out the whole situation. And then we'll decide where we're going to go with this before we hurt anybody. Yeah. And I think that's their biggest difference. Derek's very protect all now, and Scott's very, wait a second, we've got to look at the whole situation. I think Derek's kind of growing up, too, though. I mean, he's starting to change as well. It's a different part, yes. But he's starting to grow out of that, too. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of look just hot and be like, dude, what are you saying? He's like, I don't know, what are you saying? You know how to, like, make decisions. Um, but, uh, um, but, yeah, how it definitely had to find his own way, but it's, I feel like he got something from Derek through that, just sort of like knowing that even if he, even if he learned what not to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He learned, like, what can go wrong, how it can affect a person, like. Exactly. I mean, Scott and Derek had very similar stories. I mean, they both dated an Argent, and we saw one extreme to the other extreme where – the Argent killed his family, and for Scott, it was the Argent did the exact opposite, and he lost the Argent entirely. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was very opposite. It was Their whole stories are very, very opposites. Like, one of them became an alpha by, you know, murder. The other one was true alpha. It was, it's, it's actually perfect. They're like the opposites that attract. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, they teach each other a lot. They really do. It's even them. Those two fools. <laughs> I think that's why they kind of love each other so much. I think Derek is just like, I think Derek has always, you know, tried to like give Scott that tough love. Oh yeah. Because Scott's one of those characters that you see, you can see so much potential in. Like, yeah. you are so worth me yelling at you. Like, <laughs> but well, I, I Scott was always his kid. Yeah, I, I mean, like Derek is, you know, the president of this alcohol family. I mean. <laughs> As much as we love Scott, we will never love his, him as much as Derek does. <laughs> I think that kind of goes for all the characters. I think they're all like, you know, talk shit, get hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you talk shit about Scott McCall, we're coming for you. It's true. That is true. They all love their alpha. It's yeah. so sweet. And we even saw Liam. This season, Liam joins that club very soon. Like, very fast. It does take him a few episodes. Like... At first, he's kind of like, oh, my God, Scott McCall, like, these people are a mess, a disaster, like, he did this to me, he's the one that hurt me in the first place, and then, you know, slowly and gradually, he gets on Scott's side, and he's suddenly fighting for Scott's honor, like, 
joining the pack without even questioning it. You know what I mean? Baby data. (sighs) (laughs) And I love that Liam ended up being that way because Scott led by example. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all talk for Scott. He literally went out into the field and like did things, you know, like field battlefield, not like a field of flowers that came off (laughs) strange, but, um, you know, he, he led by example. And I think that's really important for an alpha to do. You can't just sit back and say, well, you go do this. You have to be like, this is why you should do this. And this is why you should fight for me. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think Scott would ever be like, fight for me. I think he would be like, fight with me. But, you know, that point still Scott stands. Scott very practice what he preaches. Yes. He, yeah. Everything he says, it's not like he's like, oh, don't kill people. And then he goes out and kills people. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, well, I had to. It's different for you. No, Scott's very, everything that comes out of Scott's mouth is something Scott has experienced and he's gone through and he knows how to deal with. And he's basically teaching it like. I did this, this is how I did it, and this is how you should do it, because it worked for me. You need to stop. I just, I love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) He's perfect. I don't understand. I love him so much. Like, unintentionally, they just made him so perfect. I love when Tyler Posey talks about Scott McCall. It's like, it's like, when, like, the, when, like, reality, like, caves in on itself, that's what it feels like when Posey's Yeah. And I think, you know, if they had cast a different actor as Scott, I think we'd all be seeing Scott in a very different light. I think you're right. Posey brings something to Scott that no one else could. Because no. Posey is that like little ball of sunshine himself. And, and he I feel like I've seen Posey's arc as a human being in a lot of the same ways as Scott's and he's really matured a lot in the same sort of like path that Scott has and you're right Brooke it's like reality caving in on itself it's just it's so cool to watch but it's really kind of mind-blowing sometimes but I um Posey don't say that you know Scott is just the man he's just the man he knows how to step up take responsibility and lead and be, you know, set an example. And he's just, I mean, we should all try and be like Scott McCall. Mm, I always see, everyone's like, Scott's so relatable. And I'm like, well, I see Scott, rather than seeing him as myself, I see him as the person I want to be. The person I aim to try to be like. Yeah. And that was a very big part of season four. And I think this show as a whole, is that he's a werewolf. Liam's a werewolf, but they're not monsters. You know, I think Lydia was the one that said not all monsters do monstrous things. And even though they have a lot of power and they might be very scary looking, it's what they do with that power that makes them the hero or the villain. And for Scott, that was never a question. You know, he was always the hero and he's never struggled with that. And some people might think that's very one dimensional, but I think that's such a rare quality in a person or even, you know, a fictional character that mm-hmm. I love watching that play out on screen. Oh, yeah. It's such a, it's like, it's almost a Spider-Man story, you know, the, with the great power comes the great responsibility and how you use that power is how you are defined. And Scott McCall has never once used that power. I mean, in the first season, you did see him use it for personal gain when it came to, like, lacrosse. And, you know, suddenly he was, like, suave and didn't need his, like, his uh, asthma inhaler anymore. But mostly you just see him using it 
for the gain of those around him, for the safety, for the protection of his city, of his family, of his friends. That's how he's always used his power because he understands the great responsibility that comes with it. For sure. He's a Jedi. But I, I think that's the season one, you know, and like him like tiny little posy. And then it's like tiny little baby. <laughs> little fetus posy. <laughs> and, and then we, you know, we fast forward and we see him right now with like, and it's like denim jacket. And it's like, um, his like boots and stuff, and you're like, I would follow him anywhere. Like, I would follow that dude like off the planet. Like, let's let's emerge together. Like, I would do anything for him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am a part of the McCall pack. Like, yes. Like you don't even have to ask. <laughs> I would do anything for that guy. Like, if someone came to my door right now and they're like, listen, Scott McCall needs your help. Like, are you on? Like, are you on our team? I'd probably be like, yeah, just let me go get my shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> we have my jacket. Yeah. It's serious. Exactly. But it, it just shows you, like, to show how much he's changed and, like, how he has grown into so much more. And, like, and like I said, like, you know, I can see Scott maybe not being your favorite character, you know, in season one or two or whatever, but he's just grown so much. It just I don't see how you couldn't at least love him, even if he's not a favorite. I don't know how you I always question people who are like, oh, I don't like Scott at all. And I'm like, yeah, but who's your favorite character? And they'll say whoever. And I'm like, well, does your favorite character love Scott? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I, I, and you know, honestly, you say that, and I think, I think in the middle there, I started loving Scott more because I saw how much Styles loves Scott. Mm-hmm. And it, it like, I kind of started seeing him through his eyes. And I was like, dude, this kid's amazing. And Styles is like, yeah, I know. I told you. And I, he didn't actually talk to me. That would be <laughs> But you know what I mean. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, I think that if, you're, if the other characters are him, then he's doing something right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't think of one character that doesn't at least respect him. Oh, yeah. Even like, the villains are like, oh, we, we need to keep an eye on that Scott McCall. He's, yeah. you know, serious business. Hi, even Harris like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Like, hey, even I'm... Gerard kind of liked him when Gerard first met him. You know what I mean? Like... Gerard was like, oh, Allison's dating a respectable young man, then learn the werewolf secret. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, one of my favorite scenes in this entire series happened in season 3A. And this was when, um, uh, what was the, Morel, the guidance counselor, when she was inside her um, ash, what's it? Uh, Mountain ash. Mountain Ash, I think it was Mountain Ash Circle, her Mountain Ash Circle, and the um, the Alpha Pack was there, and they moved in to, like, attack her or whatever, and Scott was like, no, and the twins stopped, and this was before he had become an Alpha. He yeah. was, you know, kind of working with them, but not really, but, you know, he demands respect, even mm-hmm. from people who are, in theory, more powerful than he is. And I just loved that moment when, you know, even, um, 
oh, I'm forgetting all of their names now, Kali, you know, she listened to him as well. And it was like, this is why you need to be paying attention to him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know how you remember that moment. But yeah, I remember that too. And maybe it's because he gives respect. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's yeah. like, so tearing people apart. You know, he's like, I have something to say. <laughs> Gotta love Scott McCall, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, okay, big question. We don't really know anything about season five yet. I think the biggest thing we know right now is that um, there's going to be a character named Theo, and Theo is going to be sort of like, I guess he is an Omega, um, coming to Beacon Hills. He has ties to Beacon Hills. He's very mysterious. We're not sure if we can trust him yet or not. The, the, um, rumor, the rumor is he was bitten by the Alpha Pack. No, I think he was bitten by the twins, their original alpha that they killed. Oh, uh, is it? I think that's what the story is. He came from, because the twins alpha bit him, and then his alpha was killed by the twins, and then the twins left the pack. Oh, And I think that's what left him in Omega. Okay, I thought I I had heard that it was the alpha pack, um, someone that they had tried, but that's very interesting. That also makes you wonder if, um... Max bit him back. Max? No, I'm sorry. Charlie. If Charlie bit him back. But. I hope so. I love those cover boys. <laughs> I, love, I love those cover boys. <laughs> Matt yeah. Damon 1 and Matt Damon 2, they better come back. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. they actually respond to the name Matt Damon. You can call them Matt Damon. They will respond to it. I have done it on several occasions. Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Just a side note. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the thing with season five is, like I said, we don't really know anything about it. We don't even know what sort of mythology they're going to explore or if they're going to do another one like they did with the South American and the Japanese. But um, what do you guys hope for season five? You know, where would you like to see Scott go into this new year? Well, they're going to be seniors, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hope, I mean, I want to see Scott become, you know, he needs to, he does need to graduate. Like, come on, focus on your studies, little boy. And, you know, I'd love to see him, you know, just, I'd love to see him be able to accept the fact that maybe he is going to have to leave Beacon Hills. Yeah. Like, because I don't know, we don't know his whole college situation. Is he going to have to leave? Are they all going to separate? And, you know, I, that's something I'd love to see addressed this season. Like, what's going to happen in the future? How are they going to deal with the fact that all of them may be going to different colleges across the country? And I would love to see Scott have to, you know, deal with the fact that, look, I may be leaving this place, but it's not going to leave me. You can't, you can take the be- the boy away from Beacon Hills, but you can't take the Beacon Hills out of the boy. Because <laughs> everything he's learned here is just so important, like... Allison will never leave him, you know, may have to stay in Beacon Hills because, you know, that's where Allison will always be now. But Allison will always be wherever Scott is, in my opinion. (laughs) That hurt me a little bit to say. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Like, my heart was like, (laughs) oh. I think, um, you know, he's going to keep going into himself and what it means to be in the year and planning for the future. I think that that might be a theme. Um, I also, there's still some things, some things to wrap up, you know, some past, like, because Peter, you know, Peter is locked up, but, um, Hank's still out there, um, and technically, 
she's Argent's problem, but you know, you know, she's Argent's problem. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just, how she's going to be like, peace out, like, yeah, like, you have it, you're her, we're mm-hmm. fine. Um, so, yeah, I do have wonder how he's going to do with that. Um, and if he is ever going to have to confront, you know, the no killing down, um, because I don't think it would have worked for him to be on the alpha to kill him. I think it would have taken away from him. So I do wonder if he won't ever have to kill him. Um, I mean... I want to say no because, you know, I want to be optimistic and, and like, <laughs> I want to believe in art, but at the same time, you know, the world's terrible and there's terrible people out there and you just never know. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to be an issue or not, but we'll see. Yeah. I think for season five, I honestly, I just want Scott to continue being himself and to keep going in this arc that we've been seeing him in over the last several years, because it's so good. I don't want to change anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would really like to see is him working more with Derek, because I think, you know, Derek could learn a lot of things from Scott, but Scott can learn a lot of things from Derek too. And, you know, Derek has, like we said, gone down a dark path and I feel like he's enlightened now and he could offer some sage wisdom to Scott who, despite everything he's been through and despite the fact that he's grown into this really wonderful man, he's still young and he's still naive and I think he's, you know, a little too optimistic sometimes, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. Brooke, the world is a dark place, but... Um, I would really like just to see him fill in that alpha role more and more. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be really cool to just see him continue to grow as a person. I, I mean, I want to see Scott interact with everyone. Like, I want him to hang out with Derek. I want him to hang out with Stiles. I want him to hang out with Malia. I want him to babysit William. Like, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. I just want Scott in every scene. I just want to watch how I interact with everyone and make them better people. That's all I want. It's the whole show. Really. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I would love to just see an episode, like, you know, one of those episodes where it's just everything through the eyes of Scott. And maybe you hear Scott's actual thoughts. Um, Like, that would be so cool. You know, know, at the end of the episode... This is the season finale, but they're walking and and they're walking through the halls and his monologue is over top. Do you know what I'm talking about? Which season was that? Oh, that was at the end of um three, three. Three A because they had to um go into the ice buckets and then he was saying about like the heart of darkness thing. And, mm-hmm. Yes, that I want that for a whole episode. <laughs> but like how like John his thoughts and like it's like over yes that's what I want. Like they they do it a lot in the TV show Scrubs where they get into JD's head, but I'd love to hear Scott's actual thoughts like. Exactly. Like that it. would be beautiful. Like, Jeff Davis, where are you? Hit us up. Like, <laughs> I, I would love to hear this, like, Scott McCall thought process. It would be so perfect. And I think it would even just, like, justify just how honorable his character is. Yeah, for sure. 
I imagine the cinematography in that episode being, like, different. Like, everything would be brighter, and there would be, like, a lot more lens flares and stuff. And a lot more, like, you know, Blink-182 playing in the background. (laughs) Yes. If Cozy had his day. Sunshine's more shining through. Yeah. But I, like, picture him, like, waking up in the morning and, you know, the sun's, like, bright in the bedroom and there's some <laughs> upbeat song, like, pocket full of sunshine. <laughs> like, yes. yes. It's, like, a perfect day. Hey, Aww. are we going to see, like, Scott be, like, prompt him? Because we should see him be prompt him this year. Since that he's a senior. Cool. Yeah. I want to see Scott prompt him. I'm just wondering, like, my biggest question for senior year is, is Scott going to be able to leave Liam? Oh, like, is that a thing that can happen? Can he, as an alpha, just, like, go off to school and leave his beta behind? Oh, no. It's a good question. I mean, like, maybe he'll have to, like, send him, like, T-shirts. Like, <laughs> every few weeks. So he can, like, wallow in his tent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be, like, some issue with that. Because Liam's still a freshman, right? He's still got the full four years of high school. Like, he'll be a sophomore. He'll be a sophomore. Okay, so he's still got just, like, three years left. But still, like, Scott can't just, like, wait around unless, you know, suddenly there's a Beacon University, like, out of nowhere. It'll probably will Isn't that what Bubby did? Yeah, and it's kind of like what Veronica Mars did, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh... I mean- I could live with that, though. I think I could, too, because it'd be, I mean, it'd be easier for Scott, but still. (sighs) That would be interesting, actually, because then he could be separate from Liam, but not be so far away that it's, like, implausible that they wouldn't ever see each other. If if they, assuming they graduate at the end of season five, like, it's going to be really interesting to see where this show goes, because I don't... Like, I don't know what would happen. I know Cozy never wants to leave this show. Like, he'll be on, like, season 807 if he had. Um, <laughs> and I'd still be watching. <laughs> still be watching. Um, but, like, story-wise, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, if all the actors can stick around and, and everything. But I'm not sure how it's going to work. But I feel like this is going to be, like, our last... It says it is our last year of like the main Cotton Hall pack as we know it. Or is yeah, this yeah. left? Yeah. I always kind of worried they'd take like a Degrassi turn. You yeah. know, like Generation 2.0, and you're kind of like, oh, okay. But you know, I, I, I don't think I could watch Teen Wolf without Scott McCall. Oh, I don't think it exists without Scott. Seriously, Cozy will. I think I think he will be on the show forever. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. Like, can we contrast that? Like, I know he likes it so much. I can't, I can't imagine what would happen that would make him leave. Yeah. Like, like ever. <laughs> I can only say the only reason that would Tyler Posey would ever leave is if they did something that wasn't true to the character Scott McCall. That yeah. he didn't if they were like, all right, we're bringing Scott back as the villain. But I don't know if folks would play the villain. Like, that would just... Scott's so... Scott's so perfect. <laughs> like, don't destroy him. That's what I 
the room to keep in a glass case and just never touch it. Like, <laughs> I see, honestly, if you were saying, dude, you're doing something that's not meant to do, I'm going to leave. Yeah, they would have to change it. I, I mean, they can't really have team up in that spot unless they like, set it up to be that way. But I don't think Posey would ever let that happen. If that's the case, you know, I'd be the first person to, like, get in my car and, like, drive there and, like, bust into the offices and be like, what about Scott McCall? <laughs> like, explain to me Scott McCall. I, I just imagine you, like, bursting into a door and, like, the wind, like, blowing through your hair. Like, <laughs> see? Yeah. So. See, I would go in. I would spend my entire life savings hiring Blink-182 to, you know, just play me out. <laughs> I'm sure I can get Tom DeLong right now. Like, is he doing anything right now? Is he still with Blink-182? Or is that whole disaster still uh, up in the air? I see Natalie is a resident in Blink-182. I guess it would be expert. (laughs) She she knows more than we do. But, um, I know, I think Posey would do anything that they they supported. Yeah. Yeah, he would. So, Brooke, what's this tweet you want to talk about? Uh, it's just what MTV tweeted today. It's <laughs> The picture they tweeted? Mm-hmm. The beautiful yeah. picture they tweeted? Mm-hmm. It's oh. just great. Right. Are we just talking about season five, guys? Me? Me too. too. I'm so there. I'm so ready. We don't even know anything about it, and I'm just so ready. Yeah. I just miss them, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I just, I miss the people behind the show, and I miss the characters. Doesn't necessarily matter what's going on. I just, I like being in that environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that That's what I'm would saying. Be interesting. Like, <laughs> just, like, put a camera in Scott McCall's room and, like, just, I'd, I'd watch him just, like, leave and do homework and, like, surf on the internet and, you know, like, look at pictures of Kira and, like, smile because just like he did with Aww. Allison where his, like, background was Allison and his passwords were Allison. So oh. I'd, I'd, I'd literally just watch a show where they just do everyday average things. See, this <laughs> really annoys me. Like, Jeff and some of the writers, they'll be like, but do you really want to just see them, like, grocery shop? And we're like, yes! Yes. Exactly what we want to see. We want to see the grocery shop. I just want to see them go to Disneyland. That's all I want to see. Like, send them to Disneyland. <laughs> or go to the beach, which we may get to see this season. Which I'm really excited about, because they live in California, and we've never seen them go to a beach. I really don't know why that. That is something I've always wanted to see. Just have a beach day. Go to the beach. Maybe and they'll I know finally seen, be happy for a Yeah, day. I've seen them set up some of their sets near beaches, which I'm like, yes, yes, beach, pack beach day. <laughs> uh, um, this, this first, I think you're talking about, uh, um, it's still for um, where, the, where they shoot, where the school's at, because that's always on a beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they would actually, it was a beach day, but we can dream. I will continue dreaming. And continue suggestively looking at Jeff Davis and talking about beaches whenever I have <laughs> Disney World, Disneyland. I just want to see Derek Hale and Scott McCall and some Mickey ears. Like, is that so much? Oh to ask? my god! Put them on 
Splash Mountain. Let them have a day to themselves. <laughs> like, come on, they deserve it. So much shit has happened to them. Like, they do. Let them have a day off. Give them a Ferris Bueller card. Like, legend <laughs> status because my ADD at Disney, he would be insane. <laughs> it would be It would be like taking naps for days. This is just like <laughs> this is all I need. <laughs> this okay. is like dreams. You can do it for seniors if they. Yeah, it's true. They could literally call the episode Scott McCall's Day Off. Like, come on. (laughs) Ferris Bueller, it's so hard. Um, All right. Before this delves down this rabbit hole any further, (laughs) um, you know, we're going to wrap it up. But listeners, tell us what you think about Scott McCall and let us know what you would like to see from him and the whole gang in season five. We're probably going to have to wait just a bit longer until we have some solid details. But as usual, you can always uh, find us online and go to Hypable.com and learn about all the cool Teen Wolf stuff that will be coming up. Um, in the meantime, thank you so much, Brooke and Madison, for coming on and talking about Scott. It was a super fun time. And uh, till next time, I guess, bye. Bye.